Welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? My name is Rebecca, and this is the podcast where I interview my friends and peers to figure out, well, how the fuck they got to be so confident. In this episode, I Skype with actor, writer, comedian, and advocate Santina Muha. We discuss connecting to self, the benefits of naming your values, the importance of having balance in your life, self-awareness, and so much more. This is How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? with guest Santina Muha. Hi, Santina. Hi. Get your coffee in. Take your sip. I'm yes. taking my sip. I'm drinking tea. I'm a big tea girl. Oh, wait. You're... You're, that's wild to me. I would have never guessed that because I don't know. I guess I, I, uh, stereotyped New Jersey with coffee. Maybe, but my name is Santina, so it's kind of, you know, it's kind of obvious. Yeah, I know, right? How how could I have not known that? (laughs) No, coffee, um, makes me like jittery, unless I'm in Italy. I can drink. A cappuccino in Italy, morning, noon, and night. It doesn't affect me in the same way. But when I'm here, I just uh, makes my stomach hurt, my head hurt, everything. Does that have to do with like? Is it like the quality of the coffee here versus Italy, or is it like what is the defining factor, the difference here? I guess you know in Italy, I heard this fact that there's two things it's illegal to import into Italy, Um, and one is coffee, and the other is leather. So, like, when you're drinking coffee in Italy, it's Italian coffee, a hundred percent. Wait, is that a? That's not a joke. That's like a true thing. You cannot import those two things. Yeah, yeah. My friend actually moved to Italy and couldn't get her boots in. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, wow. I don't know. The, whatever. That's I mean, I wild. Yeah. I've never been yeah. to Italy, so, so I can't say anything for there's it. Something, yeah, there's something about the coffee and, and the way that they do it in Italy that uh, I guess I don't know. I don't know why or how. Who knows? Maybe Who knows? it might be placebo, but I don't think. I don't know. They're like, we don't eat fucking trash coffee in this country. <laughs> we only want our own. <laughs> Every time I come back from Italy, I try to. I'm on like a cappuccino kick, and I go get one. And my stomach starts to hurt. My head starts to hurt. And then I remember, oh, yeah, the vacation's over, you know? <laughs> uh, well, thanks for chatting with me. Um, I'm super excited to talk to you. Um, so I guess let's start. Okay, okay, okay. So I've, this po- I've been doing this podcast for a couple of months now, and I have shifted my first question from being one thing to a new thing. And the new thing is what – is confidence to you what does that word mean to you because to some people it means like experience or it means curiosity or it means authenticity so what is when you hear the word confidence what do you think of yeah probably authenticity is the closest I think of somebody who is who stays true to who they are despite what other people are going to think about you know whatever they whoever they are like people who stay you know and that I feel like is authenticity right you stay true to who you are you believe in yourself if you believe in yourself and you know and and also confidence is knowing that failing is part of the journey and having some faith um and not get you know not giving up 
failing is part of the journey. You know, that's that's confidence, knowing that, and knowing that just because you fail doesn't mean you, like, if you lose a battle doesn't mean you lose the war, stuff like right, that. Right, totally. Do you consider yourself a confident person? In many areas, I do. Like, yeah. like what what areas would you say, like, you are most confident in? Um... I'm confident. Well, the er the areas I feel confident in is I feel confident that I'm a good friend. I feel confident that I'm a, a good writer. I feel confident that um, <laughs> I'm a good dog owner. Uh, I feel confident that I'm <laughs> a good uh, person. Yeah. Uh, areas where sometimes I, I need a boost uh, are like romantically sometimes, you know, like uh, maybe like body wise you know sometimes I need a like I couldn't you know I could be a little more confident there probably um and also uh sometimes like in act you know acting like I know I'm a good writer but when people say like oh you're such a natural or something when it comes to acting sometimes I'm like oh thanks like that surprises me more than when someone says I love your writing you know what I mean mm, yeah that makes I sense try, I try not to question myself too much or but I don't know. There's just something who, who – I don't know why. I can't figure out why, but – Yeah, it seems like in talking to people – and this is this is a pattern. This is definitely not, like, all, like, the thing. It's just a pattern that I've seen. People either struggle with confidence in um, a work setting or in a personal setting. Like, they, they don't feel – super confident in both areas which I, I i think is just it's very interesting um were you a confident kid yeah yes i was a comp kid for sure well okay so i was in a car accident when i was six years old okay. and even before that i was i was the firstborn grandchild the firstborn niece in like my in my I'm a, I come from a big Italian family of a million cousins but in my sort of immediate family you know like my father's mother and my mother's mother I was the first grandchild so I was the princess of the family mm. right everything I wanted I got and I was and I was good I wasn't a, I mean I, I wasn't a, too much of a brat <laughs> but um I definitely pushed my boundaries but I was you know I wasn't like a, a you, I wasn't like a Maury Povich sort of a right, child, right, I don't right, think. Right. Um, until I was a teenager, then maybe I, I got a little bit ahead of myself there, but then I pulled it back. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I was a confident kid until, oh, and then going into school as a, as the only girl in a wheelchair. So before I even got there, they had an assembly about me and, and they said, you know, this girl's coming. She was going to be in a wheelchair. Do you have any questions? So I was like a, a celebrity, you know, when, when I got to elementary school. I was a celebrity. And then, and, and when I say I was a celebrity, I mean, everybody invited me to their birthday parties. They wanted to sit next to me at lunch. Like, when we went on class trips, I got my own special bus, you know, and everybody wanted to ride on that bus. Then middle school and high school, and that's the age where – people want nobody wants to be different you know that's the age where we all start shopping at the same stores we all start w saying we watch the same things like you you just want to blend in and it's hard to blend in when you're in a wheelchair and so that's where my confidence just plummeted and again with the body issues I mean like I have scars on my stomach from my accident so I couldn't wear bikinis where I mean I guess I could have but I felt too embarrassed to wear bikinis or you know whatever things like that 
started to creep up on me where my confidence started to dip. Uh, yeah. What did you do? What did you do in the moments where your confidence took a hit? I mean, and obviously middle school and high school is the fucking worst time for everybody in doing this and this podcast. Just so many horror stories because middle, especially in middle school, middle schoolers are fucking little shitheads. Um, but adding to the fact that like what you said, you had something that was different and people always want to blend in that adds, you know, a whole nother layer to this like onion of garbage that is middle school. Um, what, what did you do like short term to pick yourself back up in those moments where you weren't feeling confident in those middle school and high school times? Well, I went through a few phases, probably. I think one of the phases I went through was trying to blend in. Um, so, you know, like I try, I, I was a cheerleader. Um, I smoked cigarettes, you know. <laughs> I still think smoking cigarettes is so cool, but like I can't, I can't like actively say that, you know, because everybody's like, yeah. but I'm like, I love fucking, I think it's so cool. It looks cool. It and looks you know, cool. and honestly, it did. Like, if I saw a group of cool kids, I would go over and be like, hey, can I bum a smoke? And they would be like, you smoke? Like, truly. And I would get a little hit of adrenaline, like, haha, I, I totally changed their perception just by asking for this cigarette, you yeah. know? And, and, and things like that. And then I also think the other thing I, I did a lot too was, co you know, turn to comedy. So you break mm. tension with a joke. Like, somebody asked me, like, can you have sex? You know, and then you, flip it around on them and you know you you make jokes and you say like can you have sex with such you know big balls and you try to like flip it around and make them <laughs> yeah you try to make them feel stupid or whatever and I think that um I mean I'm also like a Sicilian Jersey girl so right. that wasn't hard to to be sassy or yeah. whatever uh that came pretty naturally as well so just you know things like that sort of helped me you know I probably was a little bit of a mean girl in middle school too I think um I was kind of like a bitchy and I ran with some bitchy girls and um, made fun of other people for things that they couldn't control because that put me, you know, my perception was that put me above them and that's horrifying and I feel terrible, but that's what I did. Well, yeah, it like puts um, you in a position of power when you feel like you don't, maybe don't have that position of power like in other ways, but I mean, yeah. we all, we all go through some version of I mean I, I hope God because I've been a shitty person at times too I hope we all experience that and grow from it but yeah, yeah well like you said middle schoolers are the worst and I when I was in middle school I was also in middle school yeah so I was also first you know yeah I mean I did that I was I rolled my eyes a lot or I, I made fun and you know I, I was kind of a bitch and then um and then I, but I quickly that was a phase I don't think I did that for long because it didn't feel right you know it just mm -hmm. didn't feel right mm -hmm. see the look on people's faces when you sort of just you know I don't know it just didn't feel right making yeah. fun of people yeah mm. when so you're the how many siblings do you have well then I was an only child until I was 13 now I have five brothers and one sister oh wow okay so you're the oldest yeah. of by yeah. Wow. And so, and only I lived with one of those siblings, my brother Anthony, um, who was my mother's second 
child and um because my parents got divorced so those are all half siblings and then my father lives in another country and he has uh five five kids that's interesting because that that means you spent 13 years being an only child and then became a sibling i mean can you speak a little bit about like confidence as an only child versus a sibling was it different i mean because you have like a that's that's so interesting to me because I have a sister, but I've like you know I was the youngest, so I've always had, I've always known what mm-hmm. that dynamic is and how it has affected me and my confidence. But you got this, this bit. I don't know. I don't know if it's a benefit, but like this uh, period of time where you got to be both. Did you like experience yeah. anything? Like, do you notice anything different between those two times? Well, I mean, I was, I felt very threatened when my mother got pregnant with my brother Anthony. I was like. Because at that time, I had two bedrooms uh, because we bought a house uh, after my car accident, a ranch, and then we got, you know, um, insurance paid for an addition on that ranch. So I had this huge 18 by 18 bedroom with my own bathroom and my own foyer to my own deck to my own thing. So I was like the, the queen of the castle. And then the second room bedroom was like my playroom or whatever. Then when my brother, when my mom was pregnant, okay, now that the playroom was going to be his room and I was losing my room and I was losing my, so I got, I was, I was upset. Yeah. But then, uh, but then he was born and he was cute and it was fun. And I still felt like with my grandparents, I still felt like the favorite at, for a while, you yeah. know, and I, and yeah. I, I don't think I was necessarily, but, um, you know, I, I still, like, I didn't lo- feel any love lost once he was born, you know. Right. So, um, if anything, I felt like uh, more of a mother figure to him than a sister figure at times, you know. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That makes total sense, given the age difference and having all that time before him. Um, so, you go to high school, your cheerleader, then you graduate high school, and then what? And then I got accepted into Rutgers University in New Jersey, nice. and I lived. I, I moved. I lived in the dorms. I lived on campus, so I had my first experience, you know, being independent in that way, um, living away from home. Uh, although I wasn't too far, it was like a forty-minute drive from home. Was that like a big hard change for you, or was that more like? exciting and like rebellious and like fuck yeah I'm on my I'm on my own it was more exciting I uh, it wasn't I wasn't scared when I was younger I didn't it's so weird it's like I didn't notice I was in a wheelchair as much then as I think I sometimes do now even Mm -hmm. I think it was like elementary school it wasn't a big deal middle school and high school it was a big deal college it wasn't a big deal Moving to L.A. at first, it wasn't a big deal. Now it's back to being a big deal again. What do you, What? yeah, what do you attribute that to? Well, I guess it's like different stages in your life, right? So like elementary school, we're all kids. We don't, we can't, we don't really understand consequences. Middle school and high school, like I said, you know, you, you just want to blend in and that's hard to do when you're in a wheelchair. College, you know, hey, you're different. That's cool. You're strong. Okay, great. Anyway, let's all go smoke pot and party and and like respect each other. Um, <laughs> and then now, and now um, 
I'm sing I'm a single woman looking for a partner, wanting to have kids, and I'm and I think that scares people. Like, wait, can you can you do this? What can you like? And then and, and you know, uh, career wise too. Like, well, what is she capable of? What is she? So I think like now I'm in a different phase of my life where people are, it like I think it has to do with how people perceive my disability affects them. Mm. I think. Yeah, that's interesting and selfish on uh on people's parts yeah and people are selfish yeah i mean yeah that's becoming more and more apparent too as as we age and we see what the fuck is going on on our planet the selfishness (laughs) is uh very high um but you're right now experiencing more well okay okay i want to know how, when you moved to LA, what you moved to pursue, writing, acting, comedy, all of it, one of them or the other of them, like you tell me. All of it, mostly acting at the time, but no, but also writing because I always felt like I was gonna, I always knew I was gonna write a book and every psychic I've ever seen has told me I'm gonna write a book too. Wait, so you there's see, the hat. how many psychics have you seen? Cause I'm looking for one and I wanna know if you have a good one. I have some, I have a good one I could uh, send you, but I've seen like, throughout the years and I've seen them all, you know, like all different kinds, like the ones on, you know, Venice beach or like the ones that are like $300 and you have, there's a wait list. Like I've seen, you know, all kinds and I take it all with a grain of salt. Right. But, um, I think like for me, when I see a psychic, what it's sort of like that thing when you flip a coin and it's not really like you're going to do the thing, but you see how you feel, you know, like if you're like, okay, yes. if it's heads, I go out tonight. If it's tails, I don't. And then in that split second, you know, which, one you want it to yeah, land on, right? Yeah, that's a really good, like, metaphor for that. Yeah, so that's how I feel like when I see Psychic, it's like I pay attention to the things I latch on to um, and the things that I'm like, ah, that's probably not true. And then, you know, it, uh, you know, it's kind of like that. For yeah, me. it causes, anyway, like, you to think and, like, go internal and figure out, like, yeah. what resonates with you. Yeah, that makes total sense. Exactly, exactly. So I always knew I was going to write a book, and I always, because that always resonated with me. And um, and I also always felt like I would, you know, want to write something that felt like a like my Roseanne or my Everybody Loves Raymond type thing like that. So I've always like had a, that in the background. But I, I always knew I wanted to write, but I didn't know how. Like, how do people actually get a show on the air? How do people actually become writers? Like, it felt like the, the writers were just as much celebrities to me as the celebrities, you know, as the actors. So I just didn't understand how I was going to do that, but I always kind of knew I would. So I had a quiet confidence in that too. I should probably say this too, which is like really woo-woo if you don't believe in this stuff, but you know, listen, I can't help what happened to me. When I had my accident, I had an out-of-body experience where I saw myself from outside of the car looking in rather than from inside of the car. And I had what I believe is like one of those things you read about and embraced by the light or whatever, where I went to a place uh, that was in another realm. And look, for the people who argue, maybe it was just like a dream because of the, you know, whatever chemicals were released in your body when you die. Maybe it was, but I'm not arguing. But but I, what I saw was a person or being look at me and sort of we had a conversation just by looking at each other. And I was told it's not your time. So I wanted to go into this place. I saw, I wanted to go and stay and be there. It was warm. It was inviting. 
Um, and they were like, not your time, not now, you have to go. And I can't, I always say like, I can't remember that conversation in my head, but I can remember it in my heart. And so that's, I think what lends to my, to my confidence as well is I can sort of feel when I'm on the right track, like it feels right inside, you know? And, um, and I've always sort of been a fan of intuition. Um, I literally just was writing down the word intuition, as you said, I've always been a fan of intuition. I was finishing writing the word intuition as you said the word intuition. You see, you see, and that's what it is. That's what intuition is. So I, I feel like I have, I've always had it. My grandmother had it. Um, do you feel like connect? Do you feel like connected to the universe and to like? Yeah, so much. Okay, okay. So, so connection to the universe. Are you a spiritual person? Yeah. Okay, but you are are you a religious person or a spiritual or both? I'm more spiritual. I, the thing that I don't like about religion is the guilt that comes along with it, and I don't think that that's the the point. And so, um, you know, and I also, you know, I do believe in God, but not necessarily a man in a robe. You know, it's more of a of the universe. Yeah, I, I tend to say, you know the universe or, but, but then again, but if you're speaking to someone who believes in God, I call it God, but it's the same, you know, or if I speak to someone who doesn't believe in God, I call it the universe, but I'm talking about the same thing. Right. Really. Right. Do you think that, and this is sort of a tangent, but I'll explain in a minute. Do you think that that experience that you're talking about, I don't know what you want, what you um, call it. I don't know if that's a near death experience or a, is that what you like? How would you phrase that in your death? To me, it's that it's a death experience because I literally died. I literally had to be revived, and I was oh dead. really? So yeah, I was dead. Holy shit! Yeah, I've had a few near death experiences since then, but that one was death. Holy shit! So I yeah, exactly. Do you feel like that? And I guess you were young, so maybe you don't have an answer for this, but, like, did that in some way, like, influence how you feel about spirituality and God now? Like, is that, like, one of the defining things? Well, I think it did because it's, like, for me, now, one of the things I really like about that experience is I feel no pressure to force other people to believe me that this happened. Like I, if, if you were like, that's bullshit, I'd be like, Oh, okay. But, um, but for me, it's like, you're not going to tell me target doesn't exist. Cause I've been in target. Mm -hmm. I've seen it. I can't make you believe in target until you go to target, you know, and then you'll see there's no, you know, so for me, I've, and again, I don't know exactly what I, what it is. I'm not going to uh, insist that there's a, celestial place that you go and it might be different for everybody else i mean listen you know what i saw i saw marble columns i saw a golden gate i mean as far as i know that's like the italian version of heaven you know like that's what i so i might have just been influenced by what i heard that's true i'm not debating that but i do believe that there is something that is greater than just you live in a body and then you disappear. You know, it doesn't, I don't think so. I don't think so. And I also have a, uh, a connection, a strong connection to people who have passed away already. My, my non, my grandmother, 
who my mom's mom, who, um, like I said before, was also very intuitive and she was in the car when we had our accident. I just feel very connected to her. Um, and, and just like other beings. I I don't know. I, I get like, do you have like, and and again, I'll explain why (laughs) this is so interesting to me because this is just something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Do you have like moments where I don't want to say visited by someone who's passed, but like moments where you feel like, Oh, that's that person. I just felt that person. I do. I actually do get visited. I actually do. And like, I, again, I don't want to like sound too wackadoo, but, um, it's, I, it just, it is what it is. It's moments of, you know, when you're like at a party and you know, like you're there with your boyfriend or something and you know which room he's in, even though you can't see him, but Mm -hmm. you just like, you're very connected to that person. Right. You know, he's there. It's, it's like that. It's like, um, I don't know. Like, so I just feel things. And and I've also seen things too for a moment. Like, wait, can you tell me what you've seen? Or is that like very personal and you don't want to share that? No, it's, it's not very personal. It's just, it's, there's, it, there's a lot of, it's just, it happens pretty often where, you know, I'll just see my grandmother, for example, sitting, like when I was in the hospital four years ago, I guess it was five years ago now. And she was, I, she was sitting in the chair for a moment, for a moment, she was sitting in the chair in the room, um, things like that. Or, or sometimes I'll get a visit in a dream where someone will tell me something and it, like, it'll happen sometimes if I'm sleeping over someone's house, which I haven't done in years, but, um, you know, let's, if I'm at a friend's house or when I was younger, I would wake up and I would say, your grandfather, you know, this, does he want, like, was he like, did he look like this? But Okay. He wanted me to tell you this or that. Like that, those things have happened to me. Whoa. Okay. So you're like very connected. Yes, but it's, but not, the only thing is I can't do it on per Like I, right, I wouldn't. Yes. Yeah. I can't do it on purpose. It just, it comes when it comes. Right. Right. Wow, that is so interesting. I say that because I lost a friend recently, and it has been, like, it was, like, my first big loss, you know? And, you know, I thought I knew what happens when you die. I thought that I knew, and then all of a sudden, that changed for me. And it has changed again. Like, I thought, oh, you know, maybe your energy gets transferred and you become a you are reincarnated for lack of a better word into a different thing um and then when he died I had a sudden realization where I was like oh wait nothing happens you just die and that's it and then recently I have been I've had a few of those moments that you're talking about like and I don't want to call them visits but it was like just like a feeling just feelings and then now I'm like going back to like, well, maybe they are around in some way, but I don't know in I don't know anything other than that. So it's very interesting to hear you speak on this because I can tell it's something that like is influential to you and is part of who you are, this connection to um, universe. And so it's like I just love hearing you speak on it. Yeah, I mean, look, if I die and I find out 
I was wrong, then I find out I was wrong. But if it's getting me through the life, you know, feeling like there's a purpose for things, then it's, I'm fine with it. And I, I really don't think so. I really have like, like speaking of confidence, a quiet confidence that this is just, it is that that's what it is. Um, yeah. You know, but, but if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I mean, whatever. We'll but if say. it's like, if you're wrong, you won't know anyway, because exactly. you're dead. You're dead. So then it's like, well, so then if, 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 if whether you believe or not, if it's ultimately the same thing here, you might as well like take the one that's going to give you some like assuredness or confidence <laughs> or guidance or whatever. So it's like, yeah, but, but everything you're saying is really resonate, really resonating with me. Does that like make you, do you feel like you have, or you know your purpose or your like the reason why you're here? Do you feel like you have an answer to that? I know that's such a very big question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but again, it's not something I feel like I can articulate, but it's something that I can feel. So I can feel when I'm headed in the right direction or if something doesn't work out, I'm usually not shocked. I'm usually like, yeah, I kind of already knew that wasn't going to be the thing, but, Mm. but I, I'm not mad or sad that I pursued that thing because I also know that that thing, like I said earlier, that failure or that whatever had to happen to lead to whatever the thing is that's coming, you know? Yeah. So like, so your, and correct me if I'm wrong, your spirituality and your connection to self and to universe gives you a quiet confidence to know when you're on the right path and to help you when an obstacle shows up or something happens that maybe wasn't in line with what you thought was going to be, aka maybe we'll quote it as a, a quote unquote failure, to know that like, oh, it's actually not a failure. It's just not the path that I was supposed to take. So it sounds like spirituality and this connection to universe plays a really big part in that quiet confidence. Is that, am I on track there? Yeah, that sounds about right, I think. I mean, and I have plenty of moments where, you know, when maybe, you know, when it's happening where I'm like, no, why did I get kicked off a Herald team? And then, you know, and then you move on. And, you know, but most of those moments end up, revealing themselves sooner than later you know yeah the reason yeah whatever and, and you know i it, go ahead no go ahead no you go ahead i was just gonna say did is this because you just sound like super um i'm trying to think of another word for confidence but super like grounded and um like you know what you want you know what you deserve is that something new that you've developed or is that something that you've just kind of always had Mm. like did something happen at some point where you were like I need to work on my confidence and my like self-assuredness or has it just always been there I think like mm, I think that it's grown inside of me I think it's been there but it's grown you know like I said in middle school I wasn't always the the nicest or the best um uh like what do you attribute that yeah. growth to time just like experience and time um, or some or therapy or yeah. well therapy time I also attribute it to moving from one 
close to the other. I really feel like, uh, and going away to college and just exposing myself to different people and different ideas has allowed me to sort of choose which types of behaviors are my favorite, you know, and not just be stuck in thinking like just in simple things, just things that I, you know, we grow up thinking that's just the way it is. And then when you expand your horizons, you realize that it's not just the way it is. I'm trying to think of an example. Um, I mean, you know, growing up in a very, like a Catholic Italian sort of thing, you think you, you grow up, you get married to someone of the opposite sex, you have a child, maybe two, maybe three, you live not too far from your parents, and then when they're too old, you take care, you know, when they're older, older, you take care of them. Anything that's not that is black sheep. Mm. You know, you do other things, but it's not what you're supposed to do. Um, then, so I, you know, that's just, and you take it for granted that that's just what it is. That's the right thing, and anything else is possible, but it's not really the right thing. Then you move to, you know, you move away from that bubble, and you see, oh, wait a minute, choosing not to have kids is not necessarily the wrong thing. It's an acceptable choice. Marrying somebody who is of the other gen, of the, you know, of your same gender is not the wrong thing. It's another like thing. Like there are other possibilities out there that aren't other. You know, um, I think that that helped me to, yeah, getting away from the rigid rigidity of of whatever my bubble was helped. I think. Yeah. Was was that an easy transition for your your family when you were like, oh, I'm gonna move to the opposite coast and do this thing that is like quote-unquote non-traditional was that hard for them to get behind or easy for them to get behind no my family was really supportive about it I think that they also know me and they know if I say I'm going to do something I'm just I'm going to do it so don't bother um I love that (laughs) um also you know um I I take care I don't ask my family to pay my way you know when I had my car accident I had a little bit of a settlement there that's not like I'm not like socialite rich, but I can, I was able to move to California and not ask my parents to pay my rent or something. So, right. you know, what can they say? Can't tech stop me. I'm, right. just, I'm going. But did you ever feel like a sense of like, oh, I don't want to disappoint my family and the traditions that are normal for Italian Catholic families? Did you ever feel any sort of that? No, really. No, because my, also my immediate family, like my mom, She's been, she was divorced a bunch, a few times. And uh, my uncle, my mom's brother, he's gay and he has a, a partner and they have two children who they adopted from Guatemala. And my other uncle, my mom's other brother, he's a bachelor. He's lived on his own, you know, uh, and he's a hairdresser who's lived on his own his whole life. So I'm lucky in that my immediate little circle has been a little bit of black sheep and traditional. So I, I'm lucky in that way where I feel supported by them, you know, and then, and the other ones, you know, I think, and and also I think because I'm in a wheelchair, to be quite honest, gives me a little bit of a pass because people think, you know, that I, I mean, already I was handed an untraditional deck, 
So what I choose to do with that deck is already sort of off, you know, off of what they assume. You know, it's yeah. like if I don't get married and have kids, well, yeah, what? I'm already I'm already different from them. Right. So what is that? You seem like you like know yourself and you don't give a fuck if someone <laughs> like is not like doesn't get it like y you seem like you're y you know what I mean like you're truly like this is me and fuck you if you don't get it that's fine then don't then don't come around here is like is that true about you you seem like so self-assured mm, it's yeah to a point it's true about me but there are certain people in my life that I'm afraid to disappoint mm. and um and also you know creatively sometimes I think I could use a little bit more of that attitude where you know I'm like worried to upset somebody or you know sometimes politically like I'll post things on Instagram that I won't post on Facebook because I don't want to disappoint this relative mm. or whatever or it's not even that I want to disappoint them. I just don't want to start with them. I just don't want to argue with them. I just don't want to get into it with them. And sometimes I'm I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to change their mind with this post. Uh, I have a better chance of changing their mind by living my life and succeeding in a way that they didn't expect me to succeed. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, like, I take a different approach, I think, to things. Um, you know... But again, the older I get, there's certain there's certain things about me that I think I've suppressed or put to the side because I didn't want to add. I'm already in a, like I'm already feel like I'm in a wheelchair. I've already uh, faced discrimination and things like that. So I don't want I haven't wanted to add to that by certain by you know thinking certain ways or doing certain things. But the older I get, the more, yes, the more I settle into this attitude of like, ugh, whatever. You know what? If you don't like it, I can't. I can't. You know, one of my favorite quotes is that you could be the, the ripest, juiciest peach, and there are still going to be some people who don't like peaches. Mm. Love that quote because it's like, I can do the best that I do, and there's just people who are going to be like, I don't like the tone of her voice. And it's like, well, what, what do you want me to do about that? You know? I just, I can't. Yeah. And then if I change the tone of my voice, then someone so what you know yeah and that's like such a node to like well then you just got to figure out what resonates with you right and then because like if you do it like you just said if you do it one way someone's gonna say like I don't like that you're like okay I'll change it and then you and then someone else says well I don't like that so you can't make people happy you just have to like do what's what uh resonates with you and your like authentic self um like I don't want to I like when it comes to posting things, I do sometimes think, you know, I don't want to upset the masses. Like I'm a little more cautious when it comes to things like that. And I do sometimes envy people who really are just like so confident in their belief system. But also here's the other thing. I've, I've changed my mind on so many things over the years and social media is so permanent that there is just certain t things that I'm like, I better not scream this from the rooftops because I don't know how I'm going to feel about it two or three years from now. And I just don't want it to be there forever. Mm -hmm. I'm a little more confident in conversation than I am 
on social media probably. Yeah. And that makes sense. I think it's, I've been thinking a lot about that too, about like social media and the permanence of it. And like, the thing is, is it's a snapshot like anything else. It's a snapshot in time. Like, and it's important yeah. to remember, like it is not, uh, it may be permanent, like, you know, if you leave it up, but like your thoughts and feelings change and evolve. And like, it's, yeah. it's just like important to remember this is a snapshot in time and not, um, something that's permanent and will withstand every, like you can change your opinion. You can change your mind. I don't know. That I think that's something that's important to remember with social media. Um, well, yeah, and I don't think a lot of people allow that to be. And so that's totally. a little scary. That is. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially for people, you know, who are in, like, a more of a public light. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what – okay, so you moved to L.A. Did you ex – what did you experience? I want to know about hard moments, and I want to know about successes – whether it's personally or professionally in like once you moved to the West coast, because that's when it sounds like you, you know, obviously you moved out when you went to college, but this is like the first big move, big transition for you. So is there like moments that stick out of like moments that have shaken your confidence? And if so, like, what were they? How did you deal with them? Like if someone's experiencing the same thing right now, like what, what would you tell them? That sort of thing. Well, I think, you know, like when I first moved here, I, I didn't want to do anything that was wheelchair related or disability related because I just didn't want to be that girl in the wheelchair. Uh, I didn't want, you know, and then I ended up doing one of the first things I did at the uh, Upright Citizens Brigade Comedy Theater, which is, you know, how we met. It was my one woman show called That Girl in the Wheelchair. And I, and the reason I did it is because I realized somewhere along the way that there was a, you know, through my classes and through being around other people who weren't in wheelchairs and stuff, that this was something that they didn't want to touch. That, you know, people didn't want to make comedy around it. And I was like, oh, okay, listen, I don't want to focus on it. But if you're acting like it's so sad that it can't be even be incorporated in comedy, then now I guess I have to teach everybody that there's a lot of funny parts, you know, and a lot of funny things. And um, it cannot be more depressing for you than it is for me that I'm in a wheelchair. Mm. Just, it can't. So, um, so then I realized that there was this like sort of wheelchair shaped hole in comedy that I wanted to fill. And then I, I, um, but I love that like, so one of my first acting jobs out here was for comedy bang bang. And it was for a, uh, a wheelchair, there was a specifically a wheelchair joke in this quick little montage thing. And they asked me if I wanted to do it. And I said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And then a few years later, I got hired back on Comedy Bang Bang as a, as a recurring character as, you know, Santina the PA. And it had nothing to do with being in a wheelchair. So I love that um, I was able to become known over the years as a comedian first and um as a funny woman uh you know and but but I think because I wasn't rigid and I allowed myself to because what if I had said no I'm not playing your wheelchair joke go f yourself then they wouldn't have gotten to know me uh you know they might not have put me in their you know in their mind as this 
woman who was fun to work with and easy to work with, you know, like you, so I think like this Wayne Dyer, he's one of the, he's, he's one of, he's like a, he was a, what do you call it? Not a motivational speaker, but you know, like an Eckhart Tolle or a Marianne Williamson, like one of those. And one thing I I like that he said was you notice like the trees in a storm that don't break are the ones that bend. And I, uh, that's a good visual for me because it's like, you can't be so rigid sometimes. And yes, you have to stand up for what you believe in, but you also have to move with, you know, go with the flow, move with the times and, um, you know, don't fight against everything. If I had fought against, you know, the wheelchair thing, then I wouldn't have made some of the great connections that I made and, and moved on to be able to do other things, I think. Yeah, and that's like, that's that's such a important lesson to learn, and and it resonates with me as well for a, for a different reason, but like, and I'm sure this also resonates with you as being like a woman in comedy. Like, I'm sure like, you know, wheelchair aside, just being a woman in comedy is like, uh, used to be, I guess, more so than now, but used to be like, oh, yeah, you can't be funny. And, like, obviously we've progressed and gotten past that, but it's like, or even being, like, typecast as a certain thing, you know? Like, I, when I first moved to L.A., I was only getting, like, bitchy, like, the bitch, the bitch, always, always. <laughs> and I, you know, resented it at first, but then it's like, I said yes, like how you're saying you said yes to some things. And then eventually they were like, oh, wait, she's actually more than just a bitch. <laughs> um, right. So, you like, yeah. Do it. Like, like, and, and yes, of course, you, you can get to a point where you're like, okay, that's enough or something. But, you know, especially in this business, don't come into this business holier than thou, like, I refuse to do this. It's like, well, okay, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you sort of have to, I don't know. I mean, look, we also live in a time where you can create your own stuff. So that's also an option. And that's more of an option now than it was when, you know, we started. Right. Um, and it's exponentially more of an option. So you could do, you could go that route too, you know, and you don't have to listen to me, but it's just my advice. It's just think about it. Yeah. Try. Yeah. Try, you know. Yeah. What, like, when you had moments like, actually, I didn't realize that you were you were taken off a of Herald team at some point. Is that is that what happened? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I don't. Yeah. I don't follow. I never know anything about what's going exactly. on. Exactly. No. Um, and wh- most people don't even know what we're talking about. That's no. why it's crazy to, to to cry. You know, when I actually hear something funny, when I got taken off of a Herald team, um, I have a friend who was taken off the same night. Her name is Jessie, and we were both crying, hugging each other, and crying. One month later, I got a bone infection that landed me in the hospital and led me to one of my, you know, like I said, I've had other near-death experiences, to another near-death experience. And she was with me in the hospital that night. Uh, she came and visited me that night, and I was hugging her and crying. And I, I stopped crying her, and I said, oh, my God, do you realize the last time we were crying this hard was when we were taken off Herald teams, and now I'm dying? I could die? You're like, Come on. Like, just that was a perspective moment for me of, like, oh, God. But, you know. It's- I was just writing down perspective. <laughs> I was just writing that fucking down as you as it came out of your mouth. Um, we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but perspective is fucking huge. It's, it's everything. Yeah. And when you experience 
traumas and near fucking death experiences it really like shakes things up and makes you realize like what you value and what you think is important um in life although those fucking moments are so painful and so hard and scary and all the things but like I'm assuming it has shaped you in some sort of positive way I mean, obviously, I wish that you weren't in the hospital with a bone infection. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah, but you know what? Honestly and bizarrely, and I don't know why, but that three months that I was in the hospital, and not only was I in the hospital for three months, but I was, the recovery had me in bed for seven weeks. Like, I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to get out of my bed, not even one time in seven weeks, not to pee, for nothing. I was literally, so that's why this, like, pandemic you know it's a little easier for me to be in my apartment because I feel like what a luxury to be in my apartment and be able to move from room to room and go outside and eat whatever I want so um there's that so but yeah I don't know I think I had a lot of visitors I I I started I shifted my my again perception of of or um perspective of um being in the hospital, I took it as a time to rest and sort of reset and recharge. And by the time I got out, things just started picking up for me. When I got out of the hospital, things started picking up for me career-wise. And I and now that I look back, I feel like it was the universe or God's way of telling me, you know, you need like almost like a, a caterpillar and that, that hospital felt like my cocoon. And then I came out as this butterfly. And, um, I don't know, it, it really, it, and again, even if that's just my perspective and I'm delusional, so what if that's what's getting me through and making me feel confident and happy about it, you know? Yeah, that's, and that's another thing that I'm like, right now just learning is like, okay, so maybe I can't scientifically with facts prove that this is the cause of that or that this is this person who's passed or but if it fucking helps me, then who cares? Because I used to be like, well, it's not scientific fact that there is an afterlife and we can't prove anything and da 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 But now I'm just like, well, that's making things worse. So maybe, like, maybe I should choose a different perspective on this thing. Um, yeah. And I bet, like, it's so interesting that you you bring up like this time of COVID and how you're like I get to fucking walk around my apartment compared to being truly bedridden for weeks and weeks and weeks, um, months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if that's how the world's gonna feel once COVID passes. If we're all gonna be like, I mean, I hope we're all gonna be like so grateful that we get to fucking go out and. I- mm. You don't I think, think so? Some people, I think some people will, and I think some people won't. Just yeah. like, you know, sometimes I look at the world like um, high school or something, uh, you know, where some people pass, some people get A's, some people get, you know, uh, straight A's, some people fail, some people drop out. You know, I think that some people will come out of this with like feeling like you just said and I think other people are just still gonna be weirdos and um selfish jerks I I don't know why 
those people suck. I don't know what's going on there, but I, I'm, I mean, already there are people who are not, who haven't, you know, who are not learning. That's true. And we're still in it. Yeah. So yeah. we'll, I don't know. We'll see. But I think that there definitely are some people who are gaining perspective and, you know, um, like, for example, I don't know, like I have a friend who she's not in a wheelchair and she's always been supportive of everything that I've said, but recently she became a mother and she called me and she was like, I have to say, I'm sorry, you're right. Los Angeles, especially Los Feliz is not accessible. These sidewalks suck. And I always like heard you, but I, I didn't really get it until I started pushing this stroller around and not get it. And I'm sorry that I sort of glossed over it. And that's great, but not every one of my friends <laughs> uh, made that connection. So, you know, some people see some, you know, some people will get it and some people won't. We'll see. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I, it's like empathy goes so far in this life, but I, but in addition to that, it's it's sometimes it's really hard until you experience the thing to understand to understand it and like the best we can do is like try our hardest to be empathetic not sympathetic fucking empathetic and feel and think about this other person's perspective what they're going through their life and that's the that's the best we can do is like each morning wake up and try to be a fucking empathetic person but like even with like with loss when i i had friends or whatever people I know who had lost people and I thought I knew what that felt like you know like I, I would always be and I will say this I was sympathetic like I would be like I'm so sorry you know all the things that you say but I did not know what loss meant until you know six weeks ago or whatever and I could never have imagined it so like as, as much as I tried to be empathetic in the past you sometimes you just like have to experience the thing and that fucking sucks um I wish I could have been more empathetic before experiencing loss but here we are now and like and now that you told me that about Los Feliz and, and um, strollers and wheelchairs and sidewalks, like that's something that I'm going to be aware of, aware of now that like I did not think about before. Like, and that's, and that's fucking on me, you know, but like walking on a sidewalk, it doesn't, it doesn't usually occur to me like, oh, this sidewalk isn't a good sidewalk. And now it will. Um, yeah everybody to like look at every situation through everybody's different lens I mean that's just exalt you can't do it I mean I there are plenty of times where I've d experienced the same thing years you know I don't I don't think about everything either I don't think about even other disabilities sometimes like I speak a lot about disability but I always try to make sure that people understand I'm speaking as a person with a physical uh, mobility impairment i don't know what it's like to be blind i don't know what it's like to be deaf i i don't know the needs i try to uh and especially as i'm as i'm you know moving forward i try to think about these things but i don't know what so many different experiences are like i i don't know uh but the best i can do i think the like one of the the things that everybody can do is believe other people mm. believe them when it's hard 
don't roll your eyes. Don't say, oh, God, this person just thinks this is hard because, you know, and the other thing I don't like is comparing I, or competing. I hate that. I hate when people compete for like this oppression Olympics of like, this is worse because of, no, you don't understand. This is worse. This is worse. They're all people's experiences. Ugh, I don't know. I, you know, and I'm not, I, not in a controversial way. I, I'm not, you know, it, I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying that their experience is not as hard as mine. Maybe it's harder for them. Maybe it's harder for them, but like, there's no hierarchy of oppression. I don't think, I don't think, but then again, guess what? I don't know because I'm not the other thing. So how do I know which one feels worse? Maybe one of them does feel worse. Maybe one of them does feel worse. I don't know. And we, and we won't, it's one of those things we are not going to have an answer to. Like we can't, we can only experience it through our lens, right? We can't, we can do our absolute best to be empathetic and feel what a person's feeling who, you know, somebody else, but like, we will never know, you know? Right. So it's like, right. Just to be open, you know, be open, open to, to possibilities. Like I said, maybe after you die, you don't go to heaven, but maybe you do. So, and, and, but be open to the fact that maybe you do be open to the fact that maybe you don't, I mean, whatever, let's just be a little bit more open and, and, um, you don't, nobody knows for sure. Like nobody knows for sure. What's what, I don't know. Nobody knows anything for sure. There is no certainty. Everything, the only certain thing is that everything's uncertain. And like, and so then how do we operate in a world as a human being in this current moment knowing that, you know? Yeah, and I think that for me, I tend to do what feels right. Mm. And um, and I, I try to do, operate from a place that isn't going to hurt anybody else. Um intentionally and does it feel right does it feel like I'm heading you know I just did this exercise at the beginning of the year that I read this list of values it's like on Brene Brown's website and I read a list of values there's like so many like oh I don't know 50 or 60 whatever. and you could only choose two it was really hard I had to narrow it down to just two and um I chose making a difference and balance and um I think and the reason I chose balance is because so many of the you know I like I, I made oh here they're like here I made flashcards of like so I could see and it was like gratitude faith growth and then I had future generations um so making so I felt like future generations went into the making a difference category right right, right. sin went into the making so and then like family and faith and growth and gratitude to me went under the balance umbrella and balance is important to me because it's like like I was saying earlier you know don't say no to everything but also if you feel like something is really not resonating like I have said no to wheelchair roles wheelchair specific roles if I felt like they didn't feel authentic to me or serve a greater purpose or undermined the experience not like I said yes to all of them. It's about balance, right? For me, it's about balance and it's about working hard and resting and taking time to connect with your family and friends and also telling them, listen, I need some time to myself. So balance is like huge to me. 
because my therapist was, I told her about this little thing I did, and she pointed out to me that making a difference is sort of masculine energy and balance is feminine energy. Um, so I even had balance within my balance. <laughs> um, yeah, values. That is so interesting that you bring that up because values was I didn't think about values until I interviewed my meditation teacher um, for this podcast and she brought up how important she has four values and how important they are in helping her make decisions. And it reminded me of what you said when you're like, I take some wheelchair roles and some I don't. And cause she mentioned like taking a job and then later that night thinking of her values and being like, you know what, this job isn't in line with my values. So I got to, I got to go back and say no to it. Yeah. And when you have a set of values that you can go back to in decision-making, in, you know, connecting, in being an empathetic person, in being authentic to yourself, in all the ways, having this value system to go back to is so helpful at, like, just growing as a person and living a life that's authentic to yourself. So I love, I, I love that you just, just, or I don't, maybe you thought a lot about values before this Brene Brown list, but like, I'm glad you found that now because I think it's so helpful. Yeah, I guess I thought about values before, but I hadn't broken it down like that and having them just written down and having, you know, these two, these sort of two is definitely helpful when it comes, because sometimes when you're trying to make a decision, there's a bajillion factors and it's, it can be overwhelming. So when you have a value system, when you have sort of a specific self-awareness and self-awareness is another like huge um, thing, you know, something that I, I just love in another person and it's important to me as well. Um, I think uh, when you have that, it can help you to make these decisions that sometimes feel impossible because sometimes, you know, something is, it's not, it's not the worst thing you can do it's not the it's not a wrong thing but is it going to take up time that could be better spent and you know we only have a finite amount of time on this earth and you know is, is that really what you want to be doing I mean you know if it's not then not that it's a bad thing but you can't do everything so it sometimes it just helps when I'm feeling overwhelmed to to just go to that and be like okay I'm not going to do this play because it's just not, it's not that it wouldn't be fun. It's not that, but it's just not really right now for, for me. Whatever. Yeah. And it's also important to remember, like, like you said, we have a finite amount of time. We don't even know how much time that is. Like I, you know, I thought we all grow old cause I haven't experienced a young loss before. And then I was catapulted into the reality that we are not promised to grow old. That is not true. So making sure that you prioritize what you want, knowing that we are not gift, we are not promised to grow old is so important. And this value system or just like having a couple of values to help you with that, it's exponential. Like it, it's just so helpful. So I hope that I hope that people listening can like think about their value system and whether it's making flashcards like you did to figure it out or just meditating on it or writing, writing it down. And, and I also think it's important to remember that like values can shift and change over time. So, oh, uh, you, you totally. know, I mean, look, I, 
I got high and I went through the list. That's what I did. I smoked a joint and I went through the list. I made it fun. I wrote them down. I, 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 I mean, even in these flashcards, I used my new markers that I got for Christmas. I Hell put yeah. little illustrations. I made it a thing. And then, and then once my, you know, the next day, once my high was gone, I uh, looked over and made sure I agreed. I do that a lot. I write high. I edit sober uh, often. And, um, it just, you know, because sometimes you're like, I don't want to write, but you're like, I know what I'll do. I'll make it fun. I'll yeah, get high. Yeah, make it a little fun. Add some zhuzh to yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. And then if I read it tomorrow and it's ridiculous, I'll I'll pare it down. Usually, to be honest, it's not ridiculous. Usually it's some of my best work. But, <laughs> but, but, but that's, but for me right now where I am, balance and making a difference is, you know, what I'm focused on. If if that shifts and you know, I, I froze my eggs uh, in March and if I end up unfreezing those eggs in a year or two and my values shift, then that's, that's what that is. Yeah. But I don't see balance or, and making a difference ever. Like maybe I might move them to the back burner, but I don't think I'm going to ever take those pots off the, you know, off the stove. Right. Like, or, they, or they evolve into something different like you were like oh you know family friends that's important that kind of goes into this bucket like maybe balance or making a difference maybe that will fall into a new bucket and it's still there it's just in a different form you know like we have to be open to set the value system and then be open to change given what's happening around you and in what's happening internally in your body and your soul too exactly okay we i can't believe we've talked for an hour I need to talk to you for, an, I might have to do a part two because I have, I want to go into like freezing eggs and that whole journey is a, such a specific Ooh. and interesting journey to me. Um, but and, especially doing it on my own, I have to say, I've never felt both equal parts as empowered and pathetic at the exact same time, you know? And, and it was like a, a ping pong match in my head of like, I can't believe I'm doing this alone. I can't believe I'm doing this alone. I mean, you know what I mean? It was like, I don't need a man. Why don't I have a man? I don't need a partner. Why don't I have a partner? I mean, it was like, and, and then the, the fact that I was injecting myself with hormones on top of it really just amplified it. So that's like, we have so, and, and it does not get talked about enough. How come I didn't know that that was something that I should have, I mean, all of a sudden, it was an emergency. It was like, ah, I'm at the age where I have to do, you know? So we, we should talk about that because I think it's not talked about enough. It's not. It's absolutely it's not talked about enough. I, yeah, we're going to have to do a part two where we specifically talk on that because it's, there's a lot to delve into. Um, It's a, it's a big thing. But do you have any, like, you actually had two, like, really lovely quotes that you already talked about in this Um episode do you have any like parting words that you want to say like whether it's advice to someone struggling with confidence advice to your younger self something you've heard over the course of your lifetime that has really stuck with you that you want to sort of end this episode with and that's a big ask so if you don't have anything that's fine too I think I just tell people to you know who are listening I think to just um just like, don't be too hard on yourself, you know, and also just know that there are phases. And right now I'm in a, happen to be in a very good place. But if we had done this interview, like I said, the day after I got kicked off of a Herald team, it might've been a very different interview because I was going, I was in a different headspace that day. So, you know, like 
allow yourself to to I think I said this at the beginning, but it's so important. Failure is part of the process. You have to, you have to, you know that, and um, yeah, and just sort of have a little bit of faith in yourself, and um, stay true to yourself, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so important to remember to like move through the you're going to move through the emotions. Like you have to move through it, you know? Yeah. If you're sad, then you, you're sad. That's what you are that day. And that what you can be that day. You should be. And, um, you know, try not to get stuck in anything for too long, but, and if you do, then you ask for help, you know, therapy, whatever. Uh, but, um, but yeah, but that's okay to, to feel like if you're not feeling confident right now, that's okay. It, it, it may come. It may come. You don't, don't worry. And these are all just snapshots in time, right? Like this is just how Santina and Rebecca feel on this given day at this current moment. And it will probably change and evolve and that's okay. Totally. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I'm going to recap what I've written down my notes. Um, and please correct me if I'm wrong on any of these, because this is my interpretation and I want to make sure it's in line with your authentic self. Okay. Speaking of authentic self, the first one, authenticity. Failing is part of the journey. Intuition, spirituality, connection to the universe, expose yourself to different people and ideas, break traditional norms if that's authentic to you, Remember the quote about the ripest, juiciest peach, which I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's not for everybody. Some people don't like peaches. Um, uh, Remember to be a tree branch that bends but not breaks in a storm. Fluidity, not being rigid. Perspective, therapy, rest and recharge. Believe other people's experiences, exclamation point. Eliminate the competition of what's worse. Be open to possibilities. Get in touch with what feels right to you. Find your values. Balance. Make a difference. Connect with people, but then know when you need to rest. Develop self-awareness. Don't be too hard on yourself. Remember, failure is part of the process. Have faith in yourself. Ask for help if you need it. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I think so. Seem good to me. And also smoke a little weed if you need to. Oh, yeah. Throw that in there. Smoke a little gone <laughs> uh, <laughs> and do some writing. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for your time. I truly appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, I feel like the theme of this for me is like of this specific episode is like connection to the universe. I feel like we kept coming back to and um like self-awareness yes yeah, so more like connection to yourself than the universe because if the universe isn't your thing then that's not going to resonate but if it's if it is your thing it's like it's almost like how we said certain thing everything what falls under balance it's a connection to self falls under connection to universe because if that's what you resonate with then 
you'll be connected to what I'm saying. Yeah, I it's think. like I just I never want to like force people believe in the universe because if some people are like that's bullshit okay but then that's bullshit for them i don't want to force them to believe it you know what i'm saying but it can also be the universe can be within you right it's all how, how do you interpret how do you interpret the word universe is the same like that we talked about how universe and god how are those different how are those the same it's it, the universe can be inside of you if that's what you believe you know that's why i'm saying connection to self is probably the better way to put it because yeah. when you start saying universe people are like nah uh, it, some people they're like no you know but nobody can deny that they have that they have a self <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? yeah. connection to self I think that's a huge for me and I think that's why uh, like earlier I said I don't always speak out on social media uh as uh, about everything that I believe because I think when you certain words that shut people off um then they, then they don't get like they you lose them and then they don't get the they don't get the benefit of learning from you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I do think it's important for the people who are out there who are saying sort of these buzzwords and things like that. I think that they're important for the people who are open, like me. But then there are the and like you, but then there are the people who aren't open. And I think there has to be also people who are like uh for them. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. But it, it made me think of like the roles that different people play in society, right? Like you have, I think I saw this on, I don't remember, God, I don't remember where it was, but it was like, it was when George Floyd was murdered and it was around like the different, um, the different work that we, we need to do and that different people have different roles in it, right? Like if you're really good at like this is just a fucking example, but, like, graphic design or arts, like, your role might be, like, to create, like, uh, like, whatever, Instagram posts or something, but maybe you're, like, more of a mediator, and you can bridge the gap between, like, the, like what you're saying, buzzwords and more, like, quote-unquote traditional words that, uh, are more, uh, I don't want to say the word pleasing, uh, that people will take in more easily than than the like universe buzzwords or whatever so like we all have a different role and so like knowing and having that connection to self can help you um make a difference given what gifts you what particular gifts you have if that makes sense yeah i think that's that does make a lot of sense um thank you for doing this and uh let's do a part two about freezing those those motherfucking eggs Okay, good. Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? I'd love to hear from listeners about things that have helped you build your confidence, whether that's a mantra, a routine, maybe a favorite book or an event that you went through. Leave it in the review section. Or if you have a question regarding confidence that you'd love to hear discussed on this podcast, you can leave that in the review section as well, and I'll check it out. Thanks again.